Welcome to Heart of the Matter. I'm Sean McCraney, the host. I uh, want to start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we turn this, uh, this show over to you and we pray your spirit be here and that I will just die to myself and say the things you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I came to do this show here in Utah, uh, I knew I was going to face some heat. Um, I knew I would be personally attacked for my views. My family would be treated differently because of the show. And I would expose myself to some uh, well-founded reprisals of people for a life I lived prior to coming to know the Lord and even sometimes thereafter. Because the show is growing, the attacks upon me have increased. Accusations are flying and I have to tell you, most of them are true. Did you hear me? Most of them are true. Um, I've never painted myself as anything but a sinner to this audience, and I was a sinner any way you looked at it. In the book I wrote, Born Again Mormon, I'd like to read uh, two paragraphs from you that might help you understand where I come from regarding that. In 2002, four years after experiencing the wonderful gift of spiritual rebirth, I penned a letter to the bishop of our ward in Park City and requested to be excommunicated from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I did so that I might face my sins before a church tribunal rather than hide from them and myself by simply having my name removed from the membership rolls to avoid embarrassment. One thing I had learned up to that point in my life was that when it comes to God and organized religion, a person must diligently strive for authenticity of truth or they will, it will turn to fiction in the blink of an eye. I did not know if I would ever return to my membership in the church, but I wanted the opportunity to start anew if I did. In this letter, I listed several reasons for my request, including the acknowledgement that I had always considered myself an egregious sinner, citing the French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, who said, I have never met a man more evil than myself. As you call and, and attack uh, either me, you attack me either on the emails or the show or on the uh, message board at the website. Just understand, my ministry is not to the celestial beings of the Mormon church or those who believe themselves to be celestial. My ministry has always been to those who struggle with sin. Those who do not know how to overcome the things of the flesh. Those who are seeking salvation in a source other than religion. That is who this audience is for. If you consider yourself celestial and you, there's nothing in the world that I can show you on this show, then I invite you to continue on your celestial path. But I, my call is for those people, and I believe there are hundreds of thousands, if not in the millions of people, who know the condition of their heart, who need spiritual regeneration, and have no other place to turn because what they're doing in the church has not worked. Last week, I attended some LDS sacrament meetings, and I had the opportunity to listen to two talks given by some very handsome, tall, uh, early morning seminary teachers in Southern California. One of them was on resurrection. One of them was on the atonement. And I have to tell you, the Christian audience, there were very few things that were said from the pulpit by these guys that you would have taken exception to. Maybe a couple references from the Doctrine and Covenants. And when they closed their testimony of Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon, and, uh, and some other things about the church, the temples and stuff, you may have taken exception to that. But to their core message, I doubt you would have even known the difference 
had you heard someone else give it. But a Christian would be able to tell that something was definitely off, that something was certainly missing. There are some very subtle differences that exist when Latter-day Saints and Christians speak about Jesus. Latter-day Saints tend to speak of him in terms of the possibilities and the opportunities that he has provided them. I am so thankful for the Savior and his atoning sacrifice that gives each of us the opportunity to return and live with our Heavenly Father again. Or, and these are quotes, I am so grateful for my elder brother, Jesus Christ, who set the perfect example for me, making it possible for me to live with my family for eternity. Possibilities and opportunities. Rarely are things said about Jesus applied to the LDS life in the perfect tense, in the completed action tense. It's always his atoning sacrifice allows me. His perfect example makes it possible. His obedience gives me the opportunity. Instead of a Savior who simply provides opportunities, Christians typically speak of the Lord as having accomplished his work already. When you listen to them speak, those who have been regenerated, they'll say, He took from me my sin and gave me new life. He saved me from an eternity in hell. I praise his name. He opened my eyes and made me see. He healed me. He loves me unconditionally. He guides me every day. I worship him in spirit and in truth. I adore him and need him in all that I do. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. He is the first and the last. He is the great I am. He is God incarnate. I remain unsure when it comes to salvation whether odd and misguided beliefs in Jesus will affect it. I also am unsure if a person who believes Jesus is a created being, that such a belief will put him or her in jeopardy with God's wrath. I don't know. But what I do know is Jesus said, you must be born again. If you're not, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Period. I've spent the last nine years or so mulling over this idea of being born again. And when it comes to Jesus, what beliefs will make a person become born again? And what beliefs could possibly hinder a person being regenerated through Christ? The Babylonian Talmud stretches out to over, or over 1,500 pages. Most scholars in Hebrew agree that the central message of the verses in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 are central, are the key to all those passages, to all those pages of the Babylonian Talmud, of the Hebrew Bible, of the Tanakh. He, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5 is known as the great Shema to the Jews. It is the watchword of their faith. It is one of the most foundational texts of both Jesus and the Jews. And it's the text from which the law of Moses only contains six words. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Sorry about my Hebrew, but my Hebrew teacher would be very proud of that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Shema literally means hear. They sing, Hear, old Israel, 
The Lord our God is one Lord. And then they add the Leviticus 19.18 passage that Jesus added to the great Shema. Thou shalt love the Lord with all of thy heart. Thou shalt love the Lord with all of thy soul. And then on to the neighbor. It's a beautiful song. The Shema is so important that the first line of the Mishnah asks, From what time in the evening may the Shema be recited? The Shema was recited by the priests in the temple. I don't hear the Shema always recited today in the temples that dot the land. It is said that from the birth, this phrase is whispered into a Jewish child's ear from his parents, and on the deathbed, the Shema is repeated. From childhood to death, the Jews have the Shema on their lips. Why? Because it declares the oneness, the singleness of God. When Jesus was asked about the important commandment, he quoted the Shema. The Shema is not a prayer. The Shema is a statement of faith, and it was offered as a response to the, to the polytheistic religions of the time. Polytheism is any type of faith-based belief in more than one God. Do you believe in more than one God? The Shema was a defense against that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It is a foundational tenet of Judaism, of Islam, and of Christianity that God is one. When God came to Moses before Pharaoh, Moses asked uh, them, him what he should tell the people his name was. Exodus 3.14 says, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. Who is this I am? In John 8.57, it says, Then the Jews said unto Jesus, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and, and, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. They sought to stone him at that point. Isaiah 9.6 says, For unto us a child is born, for uh, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. One God. In the beginning was the Word, John 1, 1. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was not a God. He was not a trainee God who needed to come to earth and gain a physical body. He was not the literal offspring of a father God who has armpits and lungs and fingernails. Nor was he part of an eternal regression of gods. And the word was God. And in verse 14 it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Isaiah 7, 14, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. John 30, uh, 10, 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. John 14, 18, I'm going to uh, conclude with this story. Philip says unto Jesus, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And thou sayest then, show us the Father? 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Let's go to the phones. And we're going to pick up, I guess... Okay, uh, some questions here while they monitor the calls. And by the way, the, the lights are out. Anyway, Christian from Salt Lake City. Will Mormons go to heaven if they solely trust in Jesus? I would think absolutely, Christian. I mean, uh, the whole purpose is Jesus. Jesus is the only way. And if they solely trust in him, yeah, absolutely. And I get a lot of questions that talk about uh, will Mormons go to heaven? Uh, will Catholics go to heaven? Will Jehovah's Witnesses go to heaven? Uh, will all Baptists or will all Christians go to heaven? And, uh, and my answer is, I don't know the answer of those categories. All I can say is those people who have been born again and have come to know the Lord spiritually are going to live with God again. That's my answer. Whether they're Mormon or, or Catholic or, or, Christ, or call themselves Christian or whatever, they're going to be born again if they're going to go to heaven. Okay, um, Tui, who uh, calls this the Howdy Partner Show, uh, he says that I shouldn't be talking about other churches. I get a lot of this too. Uh, I want to ask you, did Jesus make comments on other religious beliefs? Yeah. Did Martin Luther make comments on other beliefs? Yeah. Did Joseph Smith make comments about other beliefs? Yeah. I'm not putting myself in the category of those, of those great leaders. I am a million miles away from them and what they've done. But because you question another group's beliefs does not make it wrong, Tui. You have to question and talk things through if people are missing a certain aspect. You do that in every walk of life. If they're missing a key part, you got to do it. Okay. Um, from Bountiful, Michael Ball says... I have never, ever heard the Church of Jesus Christ speak against any religion on the earth. The church has never publicly, in person, radio, TV, told other people that they are wrong. Well, Michael from Bountiful, I want you to know that the foundation of this church, Joseph Smith, came out and not only said that they were wrong, but that God told him that they're all an abomination to him and that they're all wrong and that their preachers draw near to him with their lips, but are far from uh, him in their hearts. If that's not an edict against Christianity from the onset of Mormonism, I don't know what is. So in the foundation of what you're talking about, Michael, I would have to disagree with you. We have, uh, let me get one more before I go to John and Spanish Fork. Douglas, starting in the book of John and in many other places in the Bible, the Bible mentions the Father and only one God, the, Trin no, the Trinity, quote, Jesus, Holy Spirit, meaning one. Why don't Mormons understand there is only one? Uh, the reason that Latter-day Saints believe that there is, uh, that they believe there is one God that we have to do with, and that's God the Father. They don't call Jesus God, and they don't call the Holy Spirit God. They believe they make up the Godhead. But when they talk about God, they're talking about God the Father. They also talk about in their writings, uh, uh, an eternal regression of gods. God had a father who had a father who had a father who had a father. Um, 
The problem with that, it's polytheistic. And uh, the other problem with it is the major difference really between the Christian concept of the Trinity and the LDS concept of the Godhood. Um, the really, the major difference is what Mormons believe God has a body of flesh and bone. Uh, Joseph Smith says he saw God with a body of flesh and bone. And there, that is the big difference because they do believe in three and they believe they're one in purpose, uh, but they believe they're three separate and distinct uh, personages. Well, Christians believe they're three separate and distinct personages too. The only major difference in the Trinitarian concept versus the uh, triunity concept of, the, of Mormonism is that God has a body of flesh and bone. All right, John, line two. Hello, John. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm glad to see you. Good to see you. I wish your program was on every day. Thanks, John. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, last week you talked about uh, you didn't know for sure what was going to happen to the people that, did, that had never heard the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I had a dream one time about my father. He had died. And you okay? Okay. I saw him uh, standing along the road, the old man that we put in the grave. And then the image blurred, and I heard a voice say, two days. And I didn't know what that meant until I'd read the Bible. And after I'd read the 20th chapter of Revelation, uh-huh. verses 6 and 7, okay. it talks about those that have God's Spirit at the beginning of the millennium uh-huh. will rule with Jesus for a thousand years. Right. But the rest of the world that they've never heard of Jesus before, will be resurrected at the end of the millennium. Okay. And then back in the... Uh, I didn't know anything about that until I read uh, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 20. Okay. talks about a, 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 a time of judgment. I think judgment is more uh, a time of education when uh, all these people that have never heard of the... Jesus or no no God okay. will be have a have a chance to to know him. There'll be a hundred years, and it says that the mean a thousand years. Hundred years old will be condemned, but the but it's more or less a guarantee of everybody having a hundred years. Well, John, you know what? We're I appreciate your comment. It's for the benefit of me and for everybody who's listening. So we got to go to another call, but keep them coming and keep sharing the message, John. Hey, thank you. God bless, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you. Kathy, Kathy on line one. Hi, um, I'm Kathy. I'm calling just because I really, when, when you started, I mean, I missed the first part, but you talked about being born again. Mm-hmm. And I actually really firmly in my whole being realized that being born again is really, really important. Uh-huh. But to be born again, there has to be kind of a proof in it. Okay. It's hard for me pe- for people to always say, you know, we don't need to do anything, or once you say you're born again, you can be or do whatever. Right. That would be like saying if I was married to my husband, I love him, but I absolutely never come. I don't do a thing for him. Wouldn't make sense. Proof in that love. Right. The faith, if you have faith, you talk with, you pray to. If you have faith, you become like or you change. Right. That being born again... There are actions and things you have to do to right. be totally born again. Okay, let me, let me explain this really quick, Kathy, and I agree with you what you're saying. What I'm talking about when I talk about spiritual rebirth is I'm talking about people coming to God 
and uh, admitting their sin and asking him to take over their life. That part of spiritual rebirth is immediate because birth is an immediate process. It doesn't take place over months or years at a time. Now, there's a second part called sanctification. That first part's justification. The sanctification the Mormon church is very good at, and that is getting people, yeah, to put their faith to work. Let's see what you really believe. I, I, I completely agree with you, Kathy, but the problem is this. If people believe that they can do as an evidence to produce faith, doing does nothing at all unless you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and been regenerated by him. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Though I really believe that God is all intelligence, all power, all knowing, and okay. he's and I don't believe that a God that is all of that would create a world, you know, that he would come down, be God, take upon all the sin, do whatever, uh -huh. and um, where he could, just advance, he could just advance us or avail us, uh, which he doesn't, he allows us to mm -hmm. become what we will. Somebody that thinks that a God, it would be like the bumper sticker that says, it doesn't matter what we do, it only matters what Jesus did. Uh -huh. And heck, there's no purpose Kathy, for any life Kathy, purpose. I have never, ever in my walk met a Christian, a true Christian, who says, I've been born again, I'm going to do what I want. Never. The only Christians I see who say that are, question, are Christians whose faith I would question automatically. Oh, so, that's good to know, because I don't... I, I've been all over the world. I've I lived in Israel. I've been all over the world, and I've uh -huh. studied, and, and I've served the mission for my church. Uh -huh. And all I know is the bumper stickers by Christians that do say it doesn't matter what we do; it only matters what He did. Yeah, but you know what that means? Or, what they're saying is, and just and I know what you mean, but what they mean is. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter if I go to church every Sunday. It doesn't matter if I clean my act up and I stay away from this alcohol or that thing or this. None of that matters. What matters is what he did, and that is a biblical text. That's true. Our, our, we don't get saved because we clean ourselves up. Oh, no, no, definitely. That's what that bumper sticker is, means. The saving is a gift when you are when you are. Actually, it's a gift for even people that don't accept Christ. But the part well, that, that I have trouble that we have to now now see what we did just then is we just transferred between LDS doctrine and because that that statement I can't let that go. What what statement can't you let go? That salvation is for even those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, so Christ Himself came, and everybody that came before Him will not be saved. They were saved by faith. Look at Abraham when he went and took Isaac. It was by faith. Read Hebrews eleven. I have read that, and well, every single person that lived before Christ... Who had faith was saved, but they, they came out of the place they waited for him when he fulfilled everything that he did on the cross and was resurrected. Exactly. Well, in, in that way, everybody has faith because they get out of everybody that ever exists. No, 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 because there are many people who didn't walk by faith pre-Jesus, and there's many people post-Jesus who don't walk by faith. Many! It, it really depends on how you're going to define faith. It does. You know what? I got to get it going. I like your call, and you stop provoking. We're going to continue on, okay? Thank you. Bye. Thanks for calling. It says line one, Logan. I was just on line one, so I'm going to try line two. You're on. Yes, hi. Uh, Sean? Yes. This is, uh, my name is Kyle, and hi, Kyle. Uh, I 
just saw you t- on TV tonight. This is the first time I've ever seen you. Yeah. Um, I just had this overwhelming feeling that he's trying to reach me. Really? Um, because every single channel I've turned to tonight has been talking about God. It's all talking about the same problems that I'm having with. Awesome. Um, I <clears throat> See, I don't believe... I have a problem with with a lot of the doctrine that's going out there that I you know and I just don't know what to believe. Okay, Kyle, before you go on, you got to turn your TV down. Well, I'm outside. Actually, my TV's. We're getting some. We're having some technical stuff, but keep going. Okay. Um, my my problem is is you know I'm I'm engaged to a LDS. Um, my my fiance is LDS. Okay. And I'm not. All right. And. What you said to me earlier was, what you said on your TV was, it doesn't matter um, if you're Mormon or whatever. Uh, it's just if you believe in him and you and you follow his words. Yeah. And and I just wanted to say that that really helped me out because I've been struggling because I've been having a problem with, can I marry this this woman if she believes this one thing and I believe something else? And so what is it? What did uh, my saying that lead you to believe, Kyle? What well, led me to believe that it doesn't, it it doesn't matter how how I believe or how she believes. It just matters that I believe and I follow him. Yeah, and and that and I and I just wanted to say that I honestly feel that he's trying to reach me because I've gotten into a lot of trouble and I've been cleaning my life up and I think that's the last aspect and he's really trying to get me to say, listen, you've got to come back to me, Kyle. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, Do you want to on the on the air? Do you want to accept Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Well, let's do it, and let's uh, let's um, let's take this challenge, and let's uh, let the audience listen, and I'll just kind of uh, go through it with you. It's very simple. There's no formula. I'm going to make this up as I go, and you can answer, and uh, we'll just do it in prayer. Okay? Okay. All right, uh, Heavenly Father, uh, Kyle and I come to you, and uh, and Kyle wants. To, wants to have you as the uh, source of his life, Jesus. He wants to have you take over his life. And he's asking to be reborn. He's asking to have a new spirit and a new heart put in him. And he's willing to follow you in whatever you want him to do. So Kyle's going to make a profession of faith about following you, Jesus. He's going to turn his will and his life over to you here on air. And he's going to trust that you are going to give him a new heart with new eyes and a new spirit in your good time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Kyle, go ahead and make your profession of faith. It would be great. Uh, God, yeah. Don't worry about it. God, I've been uh, worrying so much about how I'm supposed to believe and, and what I'm supposed to do in my life. And you've really spoke to me, and I know you've been trying to reach me. And I just, I just hope that... Uh, I can be better than what I've been before, and I just I just hope that you can help me and can continue guiding me on how I'm I'm supposed to live my life and, and help me with the problems I've been having. And Kyle, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. And do you want to ask Him to be born again? Yes, I do. And are you willing to do whatever He wants you to do with your life? Yes, I do. Well, that profession of faith, Kyle, is going to change your life forever. I promise you that. Let's keep in touch. I'll pray for you. I'm grateful for this call and the Lord is going to guide you and you're going to see things in ways you can't believe. Thank you. Praise God, Kyle. Thanks for the call.
We got Ryan on line three. Hey, Kyle, this is Ryan. I've been, uh, or excuse me, you're not Kyle. I'm Sean, but it's okay, Jim. Hey, good on him. I think that's a great job for Kyle. I hope it was. It works well for him. Yeah. Um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh-huh. You're just north of where you were in Park City. Yeah. But I think you're amazing. I, I really think you're a sincere person and, and who I don't see a lot of guile, but I, I did want to uh, mention while, while LDS people do have a lot of uh, faults, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day activities of worship a little more than we should. Uh -huh. Probably should focus a little bit more on, on the person who makes it possible, the, the God who makes everything possible. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you, you at one time believed that uh, Jesus Christ was uh, the Son of God, that he is God, and that he had a prophet, Joseph Smith, and I, I believe that. I'm wondering how you uh, decided against that, at one time believing so, that Joseph Smith was a prophet, and now not believing that. You know what? It's a good question. Uh, what happened was, uh, first of all, I was uh, not able to overcome myself in sin. I went to the Lord at the side of the road, and I prayed to him the prayer that I just prayed with Kyle, and he, he miraculously changed my life. And he opened my eyes and heart. Now, it, I was in the LDS church on the high council at the time for four years subsequent to that. And yet, the miraculous change caused me to read the Bible and, everything, and listen to other things that I heard in a different way. And because of the differences, I lost complete trust in Joseph Smith. Now, understand this, and I'm gonna say this publicly. I'm not, I don't know that Joseph Smith uh, did something uh, sinister or did something that was, he was trying to fool people. I believe that he was trying to fix a Christianity around him at a time, but I believe he used his measures in the end. But I, I don't, but it was my coming to terms with God and him changing my life that caused me to say I can no longer embrace uh, uh, the whole of Mormonism. Well, I, I appreciate your sincerity. Probably, I just, I really think it's as sincere as, as it could be. And, and a person also that tries to walk with the Savior, I can see, hey, you know what? This man's a person I'd like to be around. This person is a person I'd like to coach my kids in soccer or something like that. And, and I do believe that Joseph Smith is a prophet. But you know what? I appreciate what you're doing. You're awesome. I love turning the channel to you when I see it on the television. And have my kids listen to it because you teach about Jesus. Hey, man, it's a great call, and I, and I look forward to associating with you in the hereafter. Very good. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. We're going to John in Mapleton. John. Yeah. Hi, John. Hello. John, you're on the air. I am. Mm-hmm. You have a question? I just, uh, I've been, uh, just gone back to the church, to, to the LDS church. Um, uh -huh. I've been going to church for about a year now and, and, uh, have been, I've led a di totally different life, uh, partying and all that stuff. And, yeah. Uh, things have been going great. Um, I was just talking with one of your, uh, uh, another lady and they just put me on the air. So she was just giving me a, the gist of what you're trying to, to get out. I caught just the tail end of your program last week. Oh. And just wanted to uh, just to talk to somebody. Uh, I, I believe in uh, in Jesus Christ and and, and the Father, and uh, they they allowed Him to come into my life, and and uh -huh. my whole life has changed because of it. Praise God, John. And and I all I can tell you is uh, 
I'm going to make this one comment, and I don't question your standing with the Lord if you've turned your life to Him and He's changed your life for the better. I praise God for that, and I don't care what, what you're doing. And I will always go back to that, much to the behest of many of my Christian friends. But I will say this. Um, read the Word of God. Read the Bible. And just continue to go on this, this humble path that you've been on and continue to study. And God will lead you. And if he leads you to continue on in what you're doing, he, then, and so be it. We all have different paths. But if he leads you a different way, don't be afraid. That's all I, that's all I would suggest, John. Well, I've, I've been struggling with a few things and trying to get my priesthood and that, and they won't give it to me because of, uh, so I'm not quite living the way I, I should be. And nobody is. And the people who generally hold the priesthood, they're not living the way they should either. Now, they're going to take umbrage to that and get mad at me saying that, but what I mean by that is, well, you might act out on a few things that they think about. But Jesus made no difference between the thought and the action. He said, you're, you're convicted either way. So, you know, don't beat yourself up. You're walking with the Lord. Continue to pray to him. Trust him and go to him and, and you'll see. He's going to direct your way, John. I know it. John, I have the same name as you. Oh, Sean? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, a real, you're a real star then, man. I love it. <laughs> hey, you take care, buddy. Thanks a lot. God bless. Eric in Harryville. Yes. Uh, last week you kind of made a comment on uh, different versions of the Bible. Yeah. And I was kind of curious of how you felt about... Now, when I first started uh, searching for the Lord, I was using an NIV Bible. Uh-huh. And since I've been saved, which was the greatest thing that ever happened to me... Amen. I, I'm, I believe now the King James Version is the preserved Word of God. Okay. And it's infallible. Um, how do you feel about these other versions of the Bible that they actually take the deity of Christ out of the passages? Yeah, I don't like them. You know, I, when I said that, I'm talking about the, the, the versions that have come up through um, all the, the, uh, the same ways. I'm not talking about those radical liberal uh, versions. I'm talking about the NIV, which I like. I'm talking about the King James I just don't want to get bogged down in saying only one translation is correct. They all offer a different thing. But, you know, if something's going to change the deity of Christ or uh, include, for instance, the Gnostic Gospels or the Apocrypha, I don't, you know, I have no time for that. But, you know, there's some good information for that, too. But I just think just kind of a, um, a, a reasonable approach to it's the best. Right. But, I, you know, I think we have to be careful as Christians to make sure that we are reading the the preserved Word of God, and, you know, if, if the Bible has verses that take the deity of Christ out of, out of the passage, I think, you know, hopefully that, that Christ will lead you away from that and to a version of the Bible that doesn't actually do that. And I think he will, and, uh, and you're right, though. I would reject the Bible that, that challenges the deity of Christ right out of hand. Thanks Amen. for your call, buddy. Thanks God for Kyle. Yes, yeah, thanks God. Praise God for Kyle, and let's pray for him. Right, Everybody. Michelle, thanks. Thanks, man. Take care. Christy on line three. Christy, you're on Heart of the Matter. I was just wondering, um, how, how you, can you think Joseph Smith could just make up all that he, he wrote? Well, um, how, one, uh, I think that he, I call him in my book the great synthesizer. And he was a phenomenal synthesizer of information. And uh, he, he's painted sometimes as a hayseed that lacked uh, intelligence. His, both his parents were teachers. He had access to a profound library. I would suggest Grant Palmer's book, um, uh, who I think is, uh, does an exceptional job, An Insider's View of Mormon, Mormon Origins, 
uh, to help you understand Joseph a little bit more. And uh, I will be more than happy to send you my book and my uh, views on him. I've done a lot of reading on him. And I don't have the perfect picture of Joseph Smith, uh, obviously. And I give him credit in my book that he had something going right to get the likes of, a, of the Pratt brothers and a Brigham Young to follow him, super organizers like that. This guy was not uh, a flake. And he was not a, 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 an idiot. He was a smart, intelligent man. And he had a lot to offer. I just think that after... Certain things happened, namely uh, uh, 1843, 1844, Joseph started going a little bit too much and he became like a lot of people do, like you can see televangelists do. He became a little bit caught up in the whole idea of himself and wearing the uniforms and, 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 and being called certain names and, and running for the presidency and uh, coming up with the temple rights and, the, and the, uh, the book of Abraham, all that stuff. I believe was a deterioration of the man in the polygamy. I don't like to bring that stuff up, but I believe that was part and parcel of his kind of... What, what makes you believe that he didn't have a higher being? Uh, you, don't, you don't believe he translated the Book of Mormon? Uh, well, I believe... No, I don't believe he translated it as it's commonly taught with primary kids, the golden plates. And I think history, if you really look at that, uh, that's why I suggest reading some of these books, will show you that he did it in a number of, of different ways. Uh, but that, those things are insignificant to me because I guess we'll never really know that. What I do know is that what he taught in the end contradicts what I read in the Word of God. And I, and I place my trust in this Word of God more than one, one man's vision. And I'm trying to be fair and nice. Okay. Hey, thanks for your call. Bye. Tatiana, uh, line one. Tatiana, you're on. Uh, yes, I have a question. I kind of missed the beginning of the show, okay. but what I kind of gathered was that um, you were saying that it's okay to be LDS and accept Christ as your Savior, and you can continue to be LDS. Mm -hmm. um, now, my question is, um, I, I was LDS for 20-some uh -huh. years, mm -hmm. um, and I started to read the Bible. Uh-huh. And I find that the Jesus Christ in the Bible is very different than the one taught Completely. in the LDS religion. Completely different. Um, so I'm a little confused in how someone can continue to be LDS yeah. uh, and be okay. They can't. Um, let, me, let me explain, Tatiana. They can't. When I was born again, similar to you, I was LDS. And I remained in the church for four years. The name of my book and website are Born Again Mormon because I was born again as a Mormon. God isn't going to not give me spiritual rebirth because of the church I attend. But if I were to come out and say, hey, Latter-day Saints in the state of Utah, you gotta leave your church right now. It's wrong, it's of the devil, you are doing things horrible, and they're not, then they're going to automatically shut off, the, the, they're gonna put the blinders on, and we have no dialogue. So I believe that the thing to do is to talk about Jesus Christ and spiritual rebirth and the Bible and make those the focus. If God himself decides that a Latter-day Saint can stay in the LDS church, I'm not going to question it. But I would, in my experience, I was led away ultimately through reading the Bible and saw the contradictions as my eyes were opened. Does it give you a better understanding of what I mean? Uh, yes, I do. I, I'm, I understand now you allow the Holy Ghost to kind of to take it over and let these people kind of uh, come to the truth on their own. Yeah, that's oh. it, Tatiana. Oh, thank you. Very well clarified. Thank you. Okay. You know, as I drove today, uh, I went by Temple Square with uh, the cab driver and uh, 
I watched the Latter-day Saints come out of uh, one building, I think it was the big one, conference building, and I saw a, a person without legs sitting by the LDS temple. And it touched my heart as I watched many of them very carefully and quietly hand that person money uh, with love and kindness and consideration. The Spirit of Christ does that in people's hearts. I am not bashing, no matter how much you want to say and claim in your emails and letters that I'm just a basher, I'm not. But there has to be a reform within Mormonism today. When I go to their meetings, when I listen to the sacrament talks, when I listen to the primary talks, the focus is not the focus that you get from a biblical perspective. That has got to change. In my opinion, it has to change if the church wants to survive. Now you might think, oh, who do you think you are? The church is a billion dollars. I'm telling you, the church needs to turn to the Lord if it wants to survive. And that is something I believe wholeheartedly. So that's kind of the onus behind what I do, why I do it. Uh, one other thing I want to let you know, Born Again Mormon, uh, it's the book. Let me hold this up straight. Um, it's available at the website, www.bornagainmormon.com. Let me say this emphatically. If you have no money, email me and I'll send you the book for free. If you want to contribute, feel free. There's a PayPal on the site. This is not about making money. This is about uh, reading a perspective from someone who 40 years was with you and it is not anti-Mormon. I have quotes on the back saying this is not a typical anti-Mormon book. So try Born Again Mormon. You can do it on the website. Email me or do the PayPal, whatever you prefer. We're going to Mark in Orem on line two. Mark, you're on. John, how you doing? Just want hey. to let you know you got an excellent show. Love Thanks. to watch it. I'm going to have to get a hold of your book and, and uh, read up on that. Awesome, man. You uh, earlier talked a little about the, some of the problems with the Book of Mormon. I, there are plenty of them. I, I seriously have problems with the Book of Abraham. Uh, yeah. There's definitely problems there. I, you're more well-versed than I am in it. What do you feel... I guess my question would be, what do you feel about the, uh, obviously you've heard about the DNA evidence that has helped cast some doubt on the, on yeah. the Book of Mormon as well. Do you, what, what do you think of that? What's your take on that? I think it's excellent. I think it's excellent research. I think it's excellent stuff. And I think it continues to probe uh, the LDS mind and heart as to what they've been taught and what we're actually saying now. Uh, I, I, I like it. And I like the ministry that does it. They don't like me because I'm too liberal and saying Mormons can, can go to heaven. But I like them, and I think their work is good with the Worldwide Church of God. I, do, you know, do you remember the name of that ministry? Um, no, I can't remember it, Rob. Yeah. And, and the other thing about it is, uh, you know, Souther, is it Southerton? Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar. I think he's the big guy behind the DNA, uh, proven to be, uh, or said to be, uh, reportedly an adulterer and all these things. Uh, I, I, I just appreciate any information that's valid, and I just don't appreciate any information that is uh, invalid and I think it sounds like you're the same way. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. see, you've got, the, the, I guess my problem is with the, the I'm I formerly LDS, uh, not anymore, but a lot of my family is, a lot of my friends are. Uh -huh. I just have a problem with, there's a lot of things that they certainly stray away from. They will not teach, and you just won't get that. Yeah. They, they stray away from the polygamy thing. They don't want to touch it, yeah. and they don't want to be associated with it. But there's a lot of black eyes that they just have a hard time dealing with. And, and the members, I just wish they would, they would be open about a lot of things that they try to hide and, and, and don't want to talk about. I agree with you. We'll keep pressing on the prayers. We need prayers, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Bye-bye. Listen, I want to make a comment. One, uh, again, praise God for Kyle. A man has come to the Lord publicly. 
He's given his heart to the Lord. He's accepted Jesus Christ. He's asked him to take over his life. Praise God for that. It is a wonderful event. Um, I also had a, a thought. I guess it's a stupor of thoughts, so it must not have been true. But I have a whole bunch of other calls and things coming in. I'm sorry that I'm not getting to all of them. I will read your responses or your calls if I don't get to you. We have uh, somebody on line three. John. John, you're on. Okay, I'm, I was watching you just now. I'm going to turn my TV down a little bit. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> the thing is this. Uh, you say that LDS people can be saved and go to heaven. You, you're mistaken. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Jesus, uh, that, that, that Joseph Smith teaches, it was born through an act of sexual intercourse. Yeah. Okay. And that is a different Jesus. That's the Bible tells us that if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. If you don't have the Father, you don't have the Son. And that's yeah. in the book of John. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm with you because I'm, I'm, I'm a born again, uh -huh. and I love witnessing. I've, I've witnessed over 3,000 3, 3, people in the state of Utah. You sound passionate. And, and, and I constantly study, and this is what I get out of. Okay. I don't go through the ceremonies. I don't do that. I go straight to the blood of Jesus. Because okay. without the blood, you cannot make heaven your home. Amen. Okay, so uh, I understand. You, let me ask you this, John. Okay. You have a Latter-day Saint who from cradle to grave is taught the LDS doctrines. You have a Latter-day Saint who accepts Jesus Christ, their idea of who he is completely. And they, they love him and they talk about him and they follow him the best of their ability. Are you telling me when they take their last breath, God is going to say, not nah, you didn't get the right one? That's correct. John? Wait, wait, wait. wait. You know why? Because it's a, the false Jesus. Now remember, in the book of Matthew, it states, be, be vigilant. You've got you to watch yourself because there's false Christ. But wait a minute, John. Let me say this. I, that's why I focus on spiritual rebirth. Because they, if they are reborn, it's an undeniable experience that changes their life. And so I don't focus on the real Jesus or the false Jesus. It's the blood. I, I focus on whether they've been reborn. I know, but hold on, though. It's yeah. blood that is the sacrifice. There has to be a blood sacrifice for the remission of sin. I agree. They have the false Christ. Are they, are, did they got the shed? Is it the blood shed on them? Uh, I, if, well, that's the question. I, no, because I don't know that everybody knows everything about Jesus Christ. Okay, so then what you're saying is that uh, Jehovah Witnesses, that any religion, every religion is going to make heaven, isn't it? Isn't no, 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 no. I am not saying that, not at all. I am saying that people who believe and have faith in Jesus Christ as they've been taught, and they follow him and they trust in him for their salvation, John, I am not going to be the one to say they're going to hell. Never, Well, never. wait a minute. You can make a judgmental call. Now, hold on. And I, I make that judgmental okay. call based on their doctrine, okay. their teaching. we got to hurry. Okay, I just want you to, you know, keep up the good work. I, I, I disagree with some of your stuff, and that's what makes America, you know. It is. Hey, because, you know, I'm out there witnessing. Yeah. The more I can witness to than if, if they don't accept what we bring to them, that's on them. Amen, brother. Okay, you have a good one. I'll you, be listening tomorrow. Thanks for your call. It's a good one. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Mitch, we're going to Mitch. You're on. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. This is the first time I've even uh, seen the show, and I'm actually pretty pretty amazed that you're even on the air here in Utah. <laughs> yeah, we'll but, see. Uh, I, uh, I just had a quick question. Okay. Um, I've been a Christian for most of my life, and um, I learned to, I noticed earlier you were talking about Ichad as one the, from the Hebrew text. Yeah, I know that's, I know there can be exceptions to that, but yeah. Now, I, I believe there are two different, well, actually more than that, but aren't there more words that uh, are defined as one in the Bible, and Ehad is defined as 
one in a plural sense, like not always one cluster of grapes. No, meaning plural, but and then yachid is the one in essence. I'm I'm, right. I'm just kind of confused. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off the phone so I can listen. Okay. Okay, Mitch. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks, brother. I don't know that I can answer Mitch effectively because I haven't uh, gotten great grades in Hebrew, um, but I can say that had uh, is has is usually believed by the Hebrew scholars to mean one, and that it's the Christians who have used the uh, part or the cluster of grapes, meaning where there is three or four in the Old Testament where echad means one uh, of plurality. So, um, and, and that's, that's fine too, because I believe in a, in a oneness of plurality, but I believe in one God, and therefore we have the mystery of the Trinity sneaking in. So I hope I answered it the best of my knowledge. I wish I had uh, studied harder in Hebrew, uh, but um, I'm a failure in that area. And, and keep reading and come back and teach me. We're going to one final call. I'm sorry, but write your questions down and we'll read them later. Debbie on, in Salt Lake City. Debbie, you're on line two. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hey, thank you. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for your show, for your courage and the truth that you're providing in Utah. Oh, it's thanks. Very refreshing and wonderful. I've caught several of your shows, and I'm telling other people about it. Awesome. Thank um, you. You're welcome. The question that I have for you is, I've been a Christian for about nine years, and I was raised in the LDS Church uh -huh. and did some seeking, just as you have done, and, and read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I have some well-meaning missionaries who come by, mm -hmm. and I'd like to know how to handle it when they talk to me in a way that... Um, uh, they kind of act like they feel sorry for me, like, you know, I just don't have it going on. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, my, uh, I get that all the time when, I, when people who know me and my wife gets it constantly. They patter, how's Sean doing? You know, so I understand that. Uh, you know what, Debbie? Uh, what I talk to the LDS uh, missionaries about is sin. And I focus on sin mostly, and I do kind of the way of the master thing with them. And I talk about sin, and hopefully it will lead to a discussion about spiritual rebirth. I, uh, I would love to send you my book for free. Please email me at www.bornagainmormon.com. Give me your address. I'll send you the book. And that might give you some insights because it's a very passive book about how to reach uh, uh, Mormons in a way that is not going to insult them and cause an argument. Great, great. And that's what I love about your show. You're very loving as I well. I try, but you know, I'm, I'm a, you've seen me get hot too, haven't you? I've seen you do that too. <laughs> I try not to. That's great courage. I love it. Keep it going. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Thank keep, you. Keep watching. God bless. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Listen, um, okay, we'll take one more call. One more call. Raphael, line one. Raphael, go ahead. Um, you know how you said that Mormons, a Mormon can be saved? Yeah. Uh, how, how can they be saved if you believe in a false Jesus? Okay, I, I, what I said was that there are Latter-day Saints who believe in Jesus Christ and follow him and have faith in him. And I believe that just because they attend the Mormon church is not going to preclude them from life with God. Now, I believe that about Catholics, too. And these are people who pray to Mary. I'm sorry if it sounds liberal. I'm not liberal in my theology. I just believe that we, have, we live in a fallen world, and Raphael. And I think Satan does everything he can to mix us up. But I believe God's mercy steps forward, and he judges the, the intents of the heart. I'm not saying that Mormonism is fine. It's not. Or Catholicism or Jehovah's Witnesses. They are not. But there are people. We would be foolish 
to say categorically, if you are Mormon, you're going to hell. I, I can't believe oh, in that. That's not what I'm saying at yeah. all. And neither am I. Yeah. What I am saying is that you have to meet the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, because if that wasn't true, Paul had a great zeal for the Lord. Right. He still had to get saved. He still had to be reburned. And that's why, that's why the name of my book is Born Again Mormon. The name of the website's Born Again, and everything is about being saved first. And I hope that, that message has come through. i got to end it up, but thanks for your call. Call back, please, and we'll go from there. I want to say, please pray. Please, please pray for Kyle and uh, his walk, that his eyes will open to the truth of God and that he will share it with his fiancée and that together they will come to know God and that they will raise a family who worships God the singular God and follows Jesus and reads the Bible. Let's pray for Kyle. Please pray for the show. I appreciate the prayers that come in and I get people who write and, uh, and say they are so grateful for the show and I'm grateful for the opportunity to have the show. But please pray. That's what we need. I, I don't need money. I don't. It's not that I'm rich. I'm poor. But I don't need money. What I need is prayer from the people who believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, saved by grace only, in this state, to unite to try to help the Latter-day Saints who are a good people, as far as the world is concerned, they're a good people, need to come and understand Jesus for who He is. This is the mission. And I, I, I pray for your prayers. In my opinion, all the claims of being a Christian are mute if a person does not realize that Jesus was and forever will be God. If we look to a Jesus who is anything but that, we are looking to a false Jesus. And the likelihood of being reborn and having your life changed by looking to that Jesus are, are very, uh, very slim. So study the Word of God. Read the Bible. Please, read John. Read the Gospel of John if you want to read uh, uh, passages. Just start with the Gospel of John. Don't read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Just start with John and read it and try to understand it and see what it says to your heart if you're a Latter-day Saint. Come to Him. Take the challenge of asking Jesus to take over your life. It's a riskless proposition as far as the LDS Church is concerned. I don't see how they could get angry at me at all for proposing that that you simply take in a private moment and you sincerely ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin, past, present, and future, that you accept Him as the, as the Lord and King and Savior of your life, the Sovereign Lord, and you turn your life over to Him, and uh, that you're willing to do whatever He wants you to do as you walk with Him. I promise you, your eyes will be open. I want to remind you again, Born Again Mormon is available. Let me hold this up. At... Um, www.bornagainmormon.com. If you don't have proceeds to pay for it, whether you're LDS or Christian, that's fine. Just uh, send me your address and your desire for the book, and we'll send it to you. And uh, I'm grateful for the camera and crew, the technical operators, for the Ermels, for the people who come and answer the phones. Praise God. Next week, we're going to have more fun. And until that time, God bless. Go get them, Kyle. I'm on a ride, going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the wind And I won't be coming out, I'm going
This man's awake A storm's arising The dawn's awaiting Till a hundred monkeys know And I can feel the light-filled monkeys start 